The Download with DP, a weekly podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in Central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, and what we're looking forward to. Episode 21 of Season 3, another very special guest this week, All-American Elise Knutson from Milliken sits down with me to talk all things hoops, NIL, and plenty more. But first, we discuss what I saw in the past week. Last Thursday, made a trip down to Taylorville to check out the Tornadoes. They have two Division I prospects on this squad with a lot of really great pieces around them. Addison Tarr and Maisie Fleming handle business on offense and defense, and the Tornadoes beat Pleasant Plains. On Friday night, I was in Pawnee, where the Auburn Trojans were without the services of two of their normal starters and were still able to hold off a tough Pawnee team down the stretch. On Saturday, spent some time at the Rex Avery Porta Invite in Petersburg. The only wrestler from our coverage area to win a title was Joey Brusick from Auburn. On Tuesday, got to see Pawnee again. This time, they traveled over to the Pretzel Dome. New Berlin picks up a 30-point win after somewhat of a slow start. All right, let's get to what's coming up on Channel 1450 before the holiday break. On Thursday, we'll have some wrestling in Auburn as well as Porta Girls Basketball at Auburn after. We will also have Williamsville at Athens, Sagamore Girls Basketball, and Olympia at Pleasant Plains, Sagamore Girls Basketball. On Friday, we'll have Lincolnwood at South County Boys Basketball, Lincoln at Rochester Girls Basketball, and Glenwood at SHG Girls Basketball. On Saturday, we'll have Lincoln at Rochester Boys Basketball and Glenwood at SHG Boys Basketball. Next week on Monday, we'll have South Fork at Illini Central Girls Basketball and possibly Lutheran Pawnee at Athens Girls Basketball. On Tuesday next week, Calvary at Auburn Boys Basketball and West Central at South County Boys Basketball. Next Wednesday, we'll have Mount Zion at Glenwood Boys Basketball. That's a wrap on what's coming up on Channel 1450. Let's get to this week's guest. It's Milliken Senior and All-American, the best player in D3 women's hoops, Elise Knutson. All right, I'd like to welcome in Elise Knutson to the podcast this week. Um, it's an honor to be sitting with an All-American. A, I mean, when I watch you play, it's just it's unbelievable what you're able to do. And um, I've seen a lot of basketball. I've seen a lot of bad basketball, but a lot of good basketball. So um, we're in the middle of your season. How are you feeling right now, and, and how's everything going for those who maybe don't know? Yeah, feeling pretty good. Um, obviously, we're coming off a loss at Carroll. Um, tend to not play very good on the road, and we're kind of navigating that right now just because we're, we're going to have to travel to Hope and play Alma and Hope there. And those are, again, top 25 teams, NCAA tournament caliber teams. But I like the way we're headed right now. Now we're 50% returning, 50% new, so it's kind of gelling together nice uh, at the right time. Um, but again, just starting conference season, and uh, it's exciting. A lot of coaches will say, hey, we don't want to be undefeated necessarily going into the postseason. Um, this early in the year, though, what do you kind of learn from a loss? What do, what do you kind of take away from that? Everything. It allows us to go over a lot more film. Um, we kind of just kind of got batted on yesterday at practice, <laughs> before practice, just looking at our defense and um, these are things that we need to know now. It's as much as it is a slap in the face, it gets us ready for um, teams like Wesleyan. Um, again, top 25 teams, it gets us ready for the NCAA tournament rather than you know going in undefeated and thinking we're the top dog when really we have a lot of weaknesses to exploit. So um, it's nice and it's also bad. I mean, I think about the loss all the time when I do the wins and the amount of points I score. I think about losses a lot so um as much as it sucks it's good to reflect on as you sit here after that first loss i mean you're averaging 28 points a game or i think it's 27.9 whatever it might be but um when that happens do you take on a lot of that responsibility even though you're one of five players on the court and one of you know 10 12 players on the team um it's got a you know a little bit more falls on your shoulders yeah yeah, there's a lot more pressure that comes with it. I've talked to Coach about it, and even Bailey has spoken on, yeah, we do feel the pressure, but 
to know that it's in our hands and that we can control a lot of the game. We even talked about that when we lost at Carroll. She kind of just said, talking about Sophie B and I, um, basically a lot of the things that happened towards the end of the game were on the three captains. And she said she felt a little bit better about knowing that that is where the pressure's coming from. And um, as much as it is, there's a lot of pressure. I mean, I enjoy it. I, I like having to be face guarded, honestly. It's a lot of people don't, but it makes me, it just puts that edge in me. And um, if I'm able to get my defender tired or in any sort of that case, when I'm seeing her pull her shirt, I'm like, yeah, it's go time. Like, let's just compete and go hard. So um, I do feel the pressure, but it's a good kind of pressure in a way. Do you remember the first basket you ever made in a game? Ooh. We used to play like bitty ball on Saturdays and my dad was the coach. Um, I don't know the exact basket, but I remember just people yelling, get it to Elise, get it to Elise, get it to Elise. And I'm not the only girl on the team, like I'm playing um, with boys. Um, and to know that I'm starting out there with four other boys um, and they want the ball in my hands as a female, yeah. um, it's kind of crazy and surreal. But um, again, I was just at a young age and just, kind of just playing with a little bit of fire. Was that something where uh, your parents had you, you know, play all different kinds of sports and see what you liked? Or what, what do you remember about kind of getting into basketball and starting to grow that love? Yeah, so I played soccer a little bit as any young kid would. My parents were like, let's just get her tired so she can come home and go straight to bed. <laughs> yeah. um, soccer, and then I played a lot of softball because my mom played softball in high school. Um, but that was the only sport my parents played. My dad didn't play any sports, he worked. Um, and then I kind of just started playing basketball with the boys at school and it was obviously super competitive. Um, I even played like I wanted to play PB football but my mom wouldn't let me because I would, she thought I would get hurt. Um, but I think the boys, the people that I hung out with kind of introduced me to basketball in that sort of sense because again my mom only knew the game all around the world and was, didn't know what a layup was or anything of that sort and my dad wasn't familiar with it. Um, but my cousins, my distant cousins played it at Unity. They played with Brian Cardinal, who ended up going to the NBA. Um, and I broke his scoring record at Unity. Um, so they knew a little bit about it. Uh, and then my grandpa was just on me about shooting left-handed layups with my left hand. And I was always trying to spin it on my finger, go between the legs with the spin. Um, kind of just playing around with it. Like, I never really played AAU. Um, it was just something that I enjoyed playing. But I played travel softball. And um, after that, I mean, in junior high, I kind of started to take it more serious, but people always told me I was too small. So I was like, is there a future in this sport? Like, I don't even know. Am I gonna play shortstop for the rest of my life or, um, or play collegiate softball or collegiate basketball? And then it wasn't until uh, high school that I broke the scoring record and Coach Lett reached out to me and here I am. <laughs> At what point in your high school career did you start to realize that, you know, high school wasn't the end of the basketball for you? Yeah, I would say as much as I want to say my junior year, it was definitely my senior year. I just took a leadership role and kind of had all the girls underneath my wing. And as much as they looked to me, I looked to them. Uh, the coach even looked to me for a lot of things. And I was like, well, I am small, but a lot of people are looking to me on this team. So uh, maybe it was just like a high IQ thing. Um, and then again, Coach Lett always was speaking to me um, about college decisions and she was actually one of the only basketball coaches at the collegiate level that was reaching out at the time. And um, I, again, I wanted to play softball. I didn't even know if I wanted to play basketball for a year, so I was looking at JUCOs, just lower level JUCOs. Um, yeah, just keeping my options open, basically. And uh, 
it wasn't until I figured out like if I want to play for all four years and for um, a program that I knew I could lead like I wasn't going to be able to go to a division two and lead a program to be a national contender I, I knew that at the time I wasn't skilled enough um, and coach let just kind of pushed that vision onto me and I said this is something that I want it's 45 minutes away from home and my family can enjoy it too so I think it's perfect what is that relationship like when you're starting to talk with those co- like I know how good of a person Coach Led is, but for you as a 17, 18 year old kid, yeah. you're probably like, I don't care about this. Like this lady, yeah. like sh- cool, like no, it <laughs> sounds great, but like, um, you know, that that whole relationship has to really be genuine for you to trust mm-hmm. her. Um, mm-hmm. How do you feel like she really made that made that work for you? She was overly persistent. Just reached out, starting the fresh my freshman year of high school, she was reaching out, and it was just like her pitch was different. Her pitch, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. but you know, a lot of college coaches, there's like. It's a business for them. Like they want to be able to make th- make their team rise to another level, but then also what is in it for them? Can they move on to the next level? Can they become a Division One coach? Can they seek pro opportunities? And I think her whole thing was how can she develop Elise as a player, as a person, while also trying to reach that higher level. And like I remember specifically a time we had played at Bloomington Central Catholic and. Um, we had lost and she sat down with me on the bench and she was like, what, what do you think you did wrong? What can you do better? What did you think you did great? And that kind of like, that kind of sold it for me in a way. She's not trying to pitch any idea to me at the time. She knew I didn't know what I wanted. Um, she knew I was looking to play two sports. I wasn't really leaning towards basketball. Um, so I think like the whole selling of development as a, as a person, um, really kind of sold it for me. And as you can see, like I've, Looking back on freshman year and coming here, um, I've changed tremendously and kind of just bought into the vision she had for me and the program and the culture, and um, it's super surreal. I'm genuinely curious to ask her, because I'm sure she tells everybody, hey, you know, if you buy in and do what we say, Mm -hmm. we can make you the best possible version of yourself. But for you, what did you think that best version of yourself was? Have you reached that ceiling yet? Because I feel like... (laughs) I don't know if you honestly could say, hey, yeah, I'm going to be a, a chance to be a two-time All-American, to be where you're at. I mean, that, it's kind of crazy what you've achieved, and did you think that that was possible? Yeah. She kind of sold, like, at least you're going to have to kind of change your – not specifically telling me that, but change your lifestyle. You're not going to be able to go out and party and do all these kind of things. And I knew that coming in the collegiate level. Like, I played – a lazy level of basketball in high school and that's why I didn't even think I could play at the collegiate level and I think it was just as an individual if anybody's looking to kind of change their mindset in a sport you have to buy into the fact that the people around you want you to do this and are motivating you to another level to do it Um, I mean there's a lot of times I don't get to see my friends from home like I'm missing out on a lot of things during season because I'm so tuned in to what we have to focus on Um, and She's instilled that in me as much as I, as much as we may fight or not see eye to eye, she has instilled uh, a level of hard work that uh, I don't think any other coach could do. What does she bring to the table in terms of what she did in her playing career versus what she has learned as a coach in that time? Yeah, I mean, obviously when I was being recruited, I was looking up her, her pain of highlights. And I'm like, yeah. what is this coach all about? Like, what? Why did she win the national championship? Why was she national player of the year? What can she do for me? Um, she's She talks about a lot of the time, her times as a player and how that kind of translates to now, but um, she's also seen that change with pe- players coming in and out um, 
and she says she that she admires me for the grace that I give people and um, she kind of looks up to me in a way um, and I think players have a true impact on the person that she is and how she runs this program and the culture that she's developed. She's been around individuals that have done so much for this university and I think she's motivated and inspired by that and um, it's kind of made what our program is today in a way. It's kind of cool. Not only has basketball changed the game so much since she played, mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to say that she's old, but <laughs> yeah, the, the game course. has definitely changed. I mean, Steph Curry and what he's done has definitely changed mm-hmm. the game at any level. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the college sports environment has completely been flipped on its head. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the what are the conversations like now, knowing that every single coach has to recruit every single player every single year mm-hmm. versus like you said, oh, come in, in in four years, we'll see how good you are. Mm-hmm. It's completely different now completely to where different. I'm sure there's other coaches reaching out to you nonstop. Yeah. I mean, we were just talking about, like, the 2005 title run and Milliken had, and I was just talking with my roommates, like, how much the, the game has changed. Like, you're able to put five people out that, that are athletic, could maybe not even care about basketball or deeply care about it or it's been a part of their life, but they're going to go out there and compete. And now you're looking for athletes who, how do they fit our culture? Can they run the point guard for us? Can they shoot the ball well from beyond the arc? And she's constantly, I mean, looking for people that, one, have to fit our culture. Like, if you do not fit our culture, then you won't be able to play in our program. And doesn't matter how many points you scored in high school, how many rebounds you get, what your stats look like if you can't fit. Uh, kind of like that selflessness, like that authenticity um, that we strive to have in our program then it's not going to be a fit, and I know she works her butt off to find kids, at least locally, um, who fit that and can put up numbers for us um, at the collegiate level, and I know it takes a lot of hard work, and um, she's constantly asking us for opinions, bouncing off of, do you think they could fit our culture, do you know anything about them, Um, the school that they come from, their current coach now, there's so much that goes into it, um, especially since the game has grown, like, teams are playing at such a high level and to, you have to match that now. So, Has it ever crossed your mind to explore any of those options of, of moving on? Um, not necessarily. She wrote me a note before her season started and basically said, I'm not going to push you for a fifth year. She goes, I want you to enjoy where you are now and with the people you have. Um, I mean, I, I want to make a national title run here and yeah. that's what I'm true to and that's what I told her that I wanted to do. Um, from start to finish and depending on what this year and how this year ends um, it's it's up in the air so right. uh, you, you talked about it kind of with the college environment and how um, you know in, in high school you just kind of played basketball and yeah here obviously the goal has changed and you know everything that you do it's more than a full-time job to be a part of a basketball program but do you as a captain and, and as the leader, as one of the leaders of this team now, um, how hard is it to have a different team every year? Like you said, it's 50-50 where mm-hmm. people graduate, people move on, people mm-hmm. come in. Um, now it's it's got to be, not only are you working on your game, but you have to work on the chemistry of the team, which is a whole other aspect to uh, mm-hmm. your responsibilities. What is that like? It's definitely it's been hard on me sometimes um i know sophomore year she brought me into her office and she was like i want you to be a captain and i looked at her and i said i'm not i literally said i'm not ready to be a captain there's no way like i lead by example i'm not i'm not going to tell somebody what to do or whether it's right or wrong and at that time i thought we had the leaders that 
we needed to have and I didn't have to be in that group. Um, but as I've seen people leave and like our last class that just left, they upheld the culture so much that I couldn't step down and be like, well, who's going to take it now while I'm a senior um, and I want the culture to be held. So I feel the pressure of kind of just maintaining things like making sure people are on top of small things. Um, but if I want the culture to stay the same, I've got to be in control of it. And um, that's kind of just something you see with growth. I think sometimes a lot of freshmen, they think that they can't control anything in that sort of aspect just because they're young. And I know at that, at that point in my life, I never saw myself, you know, um, leading a team or trying to uphold the culture that Coach Lett has uh, instilled in a lot of the players here that have gone through this program. Um, but it's something that is near and dear to my heart now because I've watched people just fight for our culture, fight for wins, fight for each other, and that's just what our culture is. And um, I want to be able to uphold that. I think that's what the graduating classes deserve. Um, and it's what people who come into our program, that's what they want. I mean, a lot of the times people write, why did you come to, why did you decide to come to Milken? And the top answer is culture. And um, to be kind of at the forefront of that and to make sure that the culture that they have here, aside from the programs that they were at previous, um, is something that they're enjoying and that it's, it's still being upheld by the people who are in the program. That was a great answer. <laughs> I want to flip gears just a little bit because I want to make sure we get to um, talking about Peerless because yeah. um, when I first met Brad through after covering Matt um, through football, uh, you could just tell that the way he thinks is the way is why he's successful in business mm -hmm. is because he's forward thinking. It's because he explores new options like the, you know the podcast. I mean mm -hmm. that has nothing to do with you know cleaning floors or doing mm -hmm. whatever else, but like. You can just tell that, that Brad is, is one of those humans who thinks ahead and that's why he's successful. Um, what, how did that relationship come about with you and how cool is it to say that you were one of the first of you know many in terms of D3 athletes? Mm -hmm. So basically networking for one. Obviously, uh, Coach Burt here at the wrestling program um, knows him pretty well just through wrestling programs. He, Brad was uh, did a lot through Mount Zion um, when his kids wrestled. Um, so Coach Burt knew him through that, and then Coach Burt and Coach Lett are pretty good friends. So they kind of just discussed a little bit of an option, and um, Brad is just super supportive of local athletes and knows the importance of what a student athlete can bring to the table in college and then once they graduate and in the workplace. And he thinks that a lot of the student athletes that he's hired or people who have come in and worked for him are just hard-nosed, like get the job done. And I think he wants to support that through the student athlete aspect and then also kind of for what his business stands, for what his business stands for um, on the local level. And uh, he's just been tremendous. We've, we've gone to dinner and just discussed ideas about NIL and how local companies can maybe reach out and um, support, you know, Millican athletes, people at UIS, uh, just local local students um, who work hard and don't may, maybe don't get everything that, you know, the higher levels get. Um, there's no Nike endorsements, but Peerless is looking to, you know, aid a student athlete in any way. Um, and he's just, he's a he's an amazing guy, just... I mean, I watched their, their podcast when they did it with Brasshorn and like the relationship he has with these local businesses and um, to hear their stories and to let them tell their stories to people through his business is truly amazing and it's super inspiring. I'm glad to represent his company. I'm sure that Coach Lett and this program have a certain code of conduct that you guys have to uphold. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, like you talked about earlier with the, the option to be a college student versus being a college athlete 
is two different lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you chose to be a basketball player, you gave up the college student aspect mm-hmm. um, per se. But when you come into a deal with Brad and talk about Peerless and you mm-hmm. and say, you know, this NIL opportunity, it, it comes with a certain next level of expectation, mm-hmm. a next level of responsibility, mm-hmm. a next level of your name associated with their name and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of pressure is that like knowing if you screw up, yes. it's them also. I yes. mean, you know what I mean? Yes. Like there's, yeah. there's definitely that tie there that yes. adds to whatever's on your shoulders yes. right now. Yes, yes, for sure. My dad has always been um, on me about like be conscious of your decisions and the things, the things you say, the decisions you make. He's like, now you represent a lot more than just yourself. Um, and that was the thing coming into this program. Um, I represent now. I represent Millican women's basketball, and now I uh, represent it at like a national level. And so the decisions I make, the things I say, um, they come back to me. They come back to the program. They come back now to Peerless, uh, any company that I work for. Um, so I'm very conscious of the decisions I make and uh, the things I say to people, but. Um, with pressure comes pleasure, so I mean, I get the opportunity to represent a company, work for different companies, represent this program um, that's ranked nationally. Um, I get to receive awards like the Jostens Trophy on behalf of Millican University. I get to represent Millican University as a student and an athlete. Um, but it's there is pressure, but I get to reap the benefit of the pressure, so it's it's nice. All right, I got to get you out of here to practice, but I got two quick ones to ask you. Yes. Um, first of all, what's the best trash talk you've heard? <laughs> oh gosh. Um, I mean, they can't really say much to you at this point, can they? They can't. I, I mean, I'm sure they try, but they can't. Oh gosh. What's one that even made you laugh? Maybe not necessarily you were mad about, but I've gotten I've gotten overrated. Um, which is like okay. everybody tends to get. I'm like, okay, yeah. uh, can't play any defense, which is partially true. <laughs> which is partially true. Um, but I, I try to keep quiet. I'm not going to talk back unless they're they're barking at my teammates. Then I'm not going to fight back. So they tend not to say anything. And I think the numbers kind of speak for themselves. So <laughs> we'll just let that. Yeah. <laughs> um, last one. What if money wasn't an object? What's on your Christmas list? What's the one thing that you would say? Doesn't matter how much money it costs, this is what I want for Christmas. Gosh. Money's not involved or money's out of the picture? Doesn't matter. Brad will pick up the tag. Gosh. I think I would would like to have everybody back who I played with in the program um, one big dinner. Mm -hmm and just share memories and laughs. I think that is just so fun to talk about and you enjoy ups and downs and to just go over it with the people that you work so hard for is, is so much fun. Right, because I mean, it, in 20 years, you'll remember oh, the yeah. memories more than yes. you'll remember the points, the yes. buckets, the loss, maybe not the losses, <laughs> but the, you know, yes. yeah, just those those relationships. And yes. like, like to bring it all full, full circle, it's all about you know making those connections and those relationships. Yes. And yes. This team is obviously a special team, so mm-hmm. wish you nothing but the best of luck this year. Let's, let's go bring them an Thank you very much. Huge thank you to Elise for her time, and thanks to Coach Lett and the Milliken Women's Basketball Program for allowing me some time to talk with Elise. That's it for this week's podcast. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.